Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. In the bottom of my miry pit, I decided to pick up my two sons and start going to church. I just tried everything else. I tried counseling. I tried drinking and drugs. I tried success in my business. Um, until finally I just surrendered my life to the Lord and it was there I found out what had been tying us up and keeping us in bondage all those years. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the No More Perfect podcast. You know, we're going to talk today about mistakes. We're going to talk about uh, things that happen in the past that sometimes can cloud over the future. You know, we sometimes wonder, can we really heal? Can we move forward without shame? Can God really use us? And my guest today really understands these questions. She has not only answered them for herself, but she has built a life and a ministry helping others answer those questions for themselves. Pat Layton is an author, a speaker, and a coach who loves to help women make peace with the past, find purpose in the present, and passion for their future. So welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Pat. Thank you, Jill. What a what a pleasure to be here. So Pat, tell us uh, a little bit about where you live and tell us a little bit about your family so we have a little bit of context for who you are. Okay, yes, I live in Northwest Atlanta, Georgia, almost close to the Tennessee line. Um, we live on beautiful three and a half wooded acres here. We actually moved here to follow our middle son and our youngest grands and our youngest daughter. They were living in Atlanta. So we moved from our home base of Tampa, where we had had our entire marriage, raised all of our children, all of our grandchildren. So it was a big a leap of faith and change that we took a couple of years ago to move to Georgia. So we've got mm-hmm. three adult children and five uh, grandchildren. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. And you are recording this from your she shed. Yes. And I love your talk about your she shed for a moment. Oh, what, describe what that is. I am so in love with my she shed. It is an, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's an adorable and I'm, I'm recording a podcast, my own podcast from here now. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a beautiful, precious little, it looks like a chapel. It's mm-hmm. white with a metal, a tin roof, and it's down the hill from my home. 
So I come down the hill to my she shed and I've just got it decorated. It's set up for my trainings that I do, my ministry trainings. My, um, I've got my own prayer chair in here in the she shed. Mm. Um, and then I've got just my podcast, my new podcasting set up here. It, but it's, it's surrounded by windows. And so out every window, I see the hills of North Georgia. And the beautiful, you know, colors that come with every season here in this amazing place. So I, I am in heaven in my little she shed. I call it my <laughs> I call it my shed quarters. Oh, your shed quarters instead yes. of headquarters. It's well, your shed yeah, quarters. Right, right. But I gotcha. But, I, but actually, I, I don't do a, hot, a lot of hard work out here. I mostly have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to you have to snap a couple pictures, and we will include them in the show notes. Okay, uh, from yeah. the one one from the outside, one from the inside, because okay. it is yes. it's just a. I, I think it's it so casts fun. vision. It yeah. casts vision for somebody that maybe knows that they would, you know, they would love to have a little place like that. I have a friend that has a prayer cabin. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, I mean, it was literally made for her to have extended mm-hmm. quiet time and she right. shares it with others. And right. so I think the concept is fabulous. Yeah, it's fun. I'm really loving it here. Oh, it's so fun. So fun. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, Pat, we all have a story and your ministry, the ministry that you do each and every day, the ministry you do through your books, through your writing, your speaking, uh, your courses, that has come out of your own brokenness. It's come out of your own story of pain. So uh, can you share some of your story and how God has actually turned your pain into purpose? Yeah, thank you, Jill. Well, again, I'm so excited to be here. I know um, your audience is very beloved. I follow you so closely. I feel like they're my friends too. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I'm excited to join you. Um, yes, I have been in full time ministry now for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's probably way more than that. You know how you lose track of time. Like I call right. my kids, I say my children are the age I am. And so we get all mixed up about our age. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, yes, my I actually started in ministry out of the pain of my past abortion. Um, I had an abortion when I was in college. I was already a single mom. I had um, had a son as a very young teenage mom. My son was born when I was just turned 18, literally days before I turned 18. So I was a single mother. I was going back to college. I met my husband there. We fell in love. We were living that whole life of the 70s and the college life and all that. Um, And so we did fall in love. But while we were um, dating, I discovered I was pregnant. And Mm. when I was, um, I had been basically abandoned by my first teenage husband. He had left a little note on the kitchen table when our baby was just a couple of months old. And And you were married to him. I married him. Yes. Okay. I always Mm -hmm. say I wasn't, I didn't have to get married when I was a teenager. I was just stupid. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, so I got married at just a little past my 16th birthday. Wow. Yes. I dropped out of high school. And I married my my um, wild and crazy California guy, sweetheart. Um, and so we had our son. And when our son was just a baby, he left a note on the kitchen table and left in the middle of the night. 
So he left a note saying he didn't want to be a father. He didn't want to be a husband. He wasn't ready. Okay. So um, I took up my mothering for my son, which I adored him. Um, my parents helped me go back to school, get my go back to college. Um, and so I was going to college when I met my husband. Mm-hmm. And it was on the college campus that I became very pro-choice. Uh, I loved my son, but I had been abandoned you know, by his father. And Mm -hmm. I believe that a woman should have a right to choose when she becomes a mom. And um, so I was very pro-choice. And when I discovered I was pregnant with my husband, um, I decided I'm going to have an abortion. I was believed in abortion. Was that a a decision you made on your own or the two of you made together? No, I made it on my own. Um, Okay. Yeah. He, um, I pretty much announced to him, this was what I was going to do. Mm. And because we were both in a very liberal mindset, neither of Mm -hmm. us were Christians. We grew up in what I call um, holiday Christians. You know, we believe that Jesus was born in a manger and then, um, you know, Santa Claus comes and that (laughs) Jesus died on the cross and then the Easter bunny comes. And so Mm -hmm. we were both a lot like that in our faith. We believed in God, but we had no faith walk. Um, so I just announced to him that I was not, I did not want to start our marriage. We were engaged, mm-hmm. but I did not want to start our marriage pregnant. I didn't want to, um, I wanted to complete my degree. I had big dreams for a business of my own. Um, mm-hmm. and I really literally never, I never thought about it. I never thought about it morally or physically. I just thought it was the logical thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I announced to him that I was going to have an abortion and he knew my past to be an abandoned from my first husband. And, um, he knew my passion for going to college and getting my degree and having my own business. So he basically just kind of shut down. He, which is a lot, even still men still do this today. Um, mm-hmm. because men don't uh, often feel like they have, it, it's interesting the position of men in the abortion discussion because they're either sometimes pushing it. Like, this is what I think we should do to get rid of this problem, or they have no voice. So, um, you know, so I I just announced to him that this is what I was going to do, and and he just accepted it. He didn't Mm -hmm. give it a whole lot of thought or um, was much like me and just thought it was my decision and it was an option for me to take. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, you went through with that, and... Mm -hmm. You continued on with your life thinking Mm -hmm. that's just going to be a part of my past, but it's not going to be something I carry into my future. Right. But that wasn't true. You guys got married. What Mm -hmm. began to happen inside your heart? Well, the worst thing that happened is when I had my abortion, I was told that I was going to go into the hospital that morning. I chose to go through an OBGYN who was going to put me to sleep for the abortion. He said, it's a simple, easy procedure. You'll go in in the morning. You'll be out in an hour. Um, So my husband went with me to the hospital, um, outpatient, you know, procedure. um, And we just expected to get it done and move on with our lives. But instead, I had an allergic reaction to the anesthesia that they used to put me to sleep for the abortion. Oh, my. Yeah. I stopped breathing in the middle of the procedure. I had to be put on a respirator. Um, and so my, my, that had to be admitted to the hospital. So mm-hmm. everything went wrong. 
And uh, the crazy thing is I almost did that abortion in an abortion clinic. So had I done that in a clinic, I wouldn't be here today. Right. So I happened to be in the hospital. I was admitted to the hospital. My husband had to call my parents. So, um, so my, my parents end up at the foot of my hospital bed. I'm on a respirator. I can't move. And so all of a sudden my secret was exposed Mm-hmm. And I felt all this shame and remorse, but I had no understanding of why or what I was ashamed of. I mean, it was my right. It was my choice, but I was flooded with shame. And mm-hmm. then worse than that, to make that worse, I went home from the hospital and I started to run a high fever and I was sick. When I went back for an examination, they said they used these words. Parts of the fetus were left behind during the emergency procedure, we're going to have to do the abortion again. Oh my. So this quick and easy procedure that was supposed to be less than an hour and I'd go on with my life within a couple of weeks, completely turned my life upside down. Mm -hmm. Um, I was flooded with remorse and fear. I was very angry with my husband, had no idea why, you know, Hmm. um, it was just a mess. So, Mm -hmm. uh, we, after a few weeks or whatever, you know, we packed that away. Uh, when my parents came into the hospital room, they never said the word abortion. Nobody said the word abortion. It's like every day you, you wake up with a respirator stuck down your throat, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we just buried this this heartache and this confusion and this thing that had happened between us. And um, so for the next seven years, my husband and I went through um, just a horrible process of living. We went on to have another son, and um, but our marriage was a mess. We had this big, horrible thing between us that had never been discussed. So mm. I just, I over my years, and I know you have found that, that there, not only there are many couples who've had abortions, 50%, close to 50% of women of childbearing age have had a past abortion. That is a huge, that's a huge number. Yeah. Conservatively, 40%. So mm-hmm. if you think of your audience of women, of marriages, mm-hmm. of couples, that many have abortion between one or the other. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah. So we live with that or we, we tried to survive it until um, our marriage finally broke down. We separated. We were living in different locations. And uh, I was so broken, so confused. Now, remember, Jill, I never thought about abortion being the reason for our messes. I right. just thought it was communication. It was he wasn't the man I wanted him to be. I wasn't the woman he wanted me to be. All this was between us, that, and we never attributed it to that abortion. Um, mm. But so we split up. We were separated. And in the bottom of my miry pit, <laughs> I decided to pick up my two sons and start going to church. I just tried everything else. I tried counseling. I tried drinking and drugs. Mm. I tried success in my business. Um, until finally I just surrendered my life to the Lord and it was there I found out what had been tying us up and keeping us in bondage all those years. Mm. Can you uh, talk a little bit about what 
part of that was keeping you in bondage? Why was that? Why, what was the undercurrent that was going on in your life, in your heart that was causing challenges in your marriage? So let's talk about it first for you as an individual, and then let's talk about it as a couple separately. So individually, what was going on inside of you that you had no idea that you would connect the dots back to the abortion? It was an immediate sense of unexpected shame, guilt, and loss. Um, When I went into that abortion experience, I considered it all from my head. And just like, this is the logical thing to do. This will be the best for my son and my marriage. This is the best for me to complete my college education and get my business started. And then we'll have kids. So it seems so logical. And then when that, when the, um, the things happened with my abortion experience and my parents mm-hmm. coming in and nobody saying the word, like if abortion's so okay, why doesn't anybody ever say the word abortion? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. why do we not talk about it? Why don't girlfriends talk about their abortion experience and they keep it hidden? So I had this unexpected shame and remorse that I didn't had no clue what it was even from. So mm. I, I just felt so lost and so empty and nothing would fill that hole. Nothing yes. would fix it. So mm-hmm. that was for me. I was trying to get him to be somebody he couldn't be. I was trying to be somebody I couldn't be. I was mm-hmm. trying to make my career and my degree and everything that I had chosen that abortion for. I was trying to make it fill that hole that was left yes. when I walked out of that room. Yes. And and that's so common. So many women who've experienced a past abortion are unprepared for the feelings that they're going to have afterwards, which was one reason for my pregnancy center. My goal there was I just want women to know. I want women to hear and understand the other side of that choice. Right. So right. Um, that was what was going on for me, just to Shame, loss, fear, guilt, all those demonic things that take hold of you in a in a cho- choice for death. You know, the Bible mm-hmm. says, choose life, not death. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we choose right. death <laughs> in whatever way it form it takes, it's mm-hmm. it it captures us. Yeah. So let's talk about the journey of personal healing for you. So you begin to understand that all of this is tied back to the abortion. What do you do with that? Right. Well, it was such a, a, it was a, a truck run over you kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I started to go into church. I could, I immediately fell in love with God. I immediately fell in love with the word. I knew from the moment I started going to church, this is what I needed. This is where mm-hmm. my healing is. This is where my hope is. So I immediately connected with the Lord, but I never brought that abortion to the altar because I didn't even know that it, God knew I had an abortion. I didn't know he cared. So um, one day I was riding down the road and I was listening to a Christian radio show. I had turned from my rock to my religion and mm-hmm. um, I was listening to a Christian, a talk show much like this, like one mm-hmm. of your listeners. Some of your listeners will hear this story and they will have this feeling that I had that day. 
because mm-hmm. I, I remember pulling over to the side of the road and thinking, oh my gosh, that's me. I had an abortion. <laughs> it was like the first time in seven years I'd, re- I'd actually connected my life to that abortion. Mm-hmm. So um, I began to uh, just, you know, that, that made a great change in my life. I began to research and study the scriptures and I went to a Christian counselor and she's the one that led me through the healing journey that is surrendering the secret today. Ah. So um, she took me through those eight steps. She had never worked with anyone through an abortion experience. Wow. So she wow. Through the steps of grief and healing of, um, you know, um, grief and loss, post-traumatic stress syndrome is mm-hmm. the you know technical term. So, Um, I went through that healing journey. So all this time, Mike's sitting at home. He's not going to church with us. I'm going with me and my two boys. I went to the Christian counselor, began to pour my heart out with with her and and go through the healing journey. And then I would come home and just pour my heart out to Mike and tell Mm -hmm. him, this is what God's doing. This is what God says. And and he just watched my transformation. Um, Mm. He watched what God did in my life. And then he began to acknowledge his part in the abortion experience. Um, so it was, I surrendered my life to the Lord on June 9th, 1984. Mm-hmm. That summer, both of our sons it, surrendered their lives to the Lord at, at church. And then mm-hmm. that Christmas, Mike went to church with us and he surrendered his life to the Lord. So God oh. got all six of us, uh, I mean, all four of us in one, in six months. So... Mm. Um, yeah, so we started then just pursuing this healing together. Um, we worked with some Christian couples, with this Christian counselor, and then God just brought restoration and healing to our marriage, oh. rooted rooted in that abortion experience. Right, right. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about um, how a past abortion, whether, I mean, there's a couple of scenarios that can happen in a marriage with a past abortion. It can be like you guys, where Mike was aware of it. Right. Um, you can't say that he chose it, but he was passive in it, right? right? Mm-hmm. Passive um, is the so, word. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was passive. There's also um, sometimes uh, women will get married and there's been an abortion in their past but their husband that they've just married doesn't know it. Right. And then there might be a man who gets married and there's an abortion in his past, someone he had a relationship with and, right. and his wife, he's not revealed that. Right. So all of those um, are, uh, there's an elephant in the room mm-hmm. and none of them are addressing the elephant in the room. And, and, right. and people want to say, but that's a part of the past. I'm going to close the door on that. Mm-hmm. Pat, why can't we just close the door on that? Mm-hmm. Like what, what happens in a marriage when you try to close the door on that? Mm-hmm. Well, for, I think, uh, you know, a basic route for women is there comes a point in our life, whether it was like through a circumstance like my own or many of the women I counsel today. I am right now counseling a woman who's been married as long as me, and she's mm-hmm. never told her husband about her abortion. And you've been married how many years? I am about to celebrate 45 years. Yes. By the grace so of God. 40, 
So 45 years, this woman yeah. Has, yeah. has kept a secret from mm-hmm. her, husband. her husband. And she loves her husband, and but um, they've off and on struggled in their marriage with trust, trust issues. With, yes. um, so there, those are the kinds of things. So the, the root of it for me was feeling, and for many women, is just knowing that we've destroyed our own unborn child. And we, li- we come to that realization at different points. Sometimes a, y- a woman is so young when she has her abortion, it's not until she gets pregnant for the first time or um, delivers her first child and she feels this loss and this guilt. Or during their pregnancy, they're petrified that God's going to take that baby away because they've had an abortion. Um, mm-hmm. all, all, I just think all kinds of life circumstances bring the abortion issue up for women, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's motherhood, whether it's um, insecurity in her marriage. Uh, anytime we carry a secret that's that important in our lives as women, you know, it's going to affect our daily marriage. For me, later on in my counseling journey, we uncovered the fact that I was very angry with Mike for not stepping up to the plate with me, for me. I had been abandoned by my first husband. He had left me with my baby son. And I, somewhere in my back of my mind, I had Mm -hmm. wanted Mike to be the knight in shining armor and say, you will not abort my child. We Mm. love each other. We're going to do this together. And I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stay with you. So So you carried that for years and years and you didn't even, you weren't aware of it, but it, but once you realized it, and that's what often happens, you know, we find that in healing ministry. One of the things we do when we do our marriage intensives, if we start to uncover lies, we start Mm -hmm. to uncover messages Yes, and we, we literally put a big old uh, post-it sticky note on the wall. Yes. I mean, huge yeah. um, poster size. And right. we, we do his messages and her messages. Yes. And we start to uncover those things that haven't, that we haven't even been aware of, have been functioning in the background of our mind. And right. that's what you're talking about there. And you think about those messages Mike and I each had. For me, it was like I had been abandoned before. He's probably going to abandon me again. You know, he's not that committed to this and he doesn't, he might not stick around. So I went through seven years of very deep jealousy and fear that he was going to leave a note on the table. Yes. And then for me, from his side, he felt like, well, she's going to make her own decisions. She's independent. She doesn't need me. She's going to get her career and she's going to make her money and have her stiletto heels and her sports car. And so his masculinity was just cut off at the knees because Mm. I basically just said, I don't need you as a husband. I'm going to make this choice and this is my life. And so we, we were living in that, in that, um, those unknown and even unarticulated, um, heartbreaks with each other that we never even knew how to, so somebody like you and Mark, what you do, bringing those sticky notes up I mean, that's a point of healing just to get that truth out there, just to get those things unhidden so that yes. you both know what you're each thinking and why why you're jealous or why you're distant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. right. Because we usually mislabel those things. Right. 
we, we, you know, we mislabel them in some way. And we, like you said, we thought our problem was, you know, just communication and mm-hmm. just, you know, those kind of things when really your problem was all of these hidden messages that you were right. functioning right. out of. It was feeding your fear. It was feeding your anger and mm-hmm. you didn't even realize it. Right. Yeah. Very, very powerful. Yeah. Oh, Pat, thank you. Thank you for sharing this part of your story. The healing process that came out of our counseling time, Mm -hmm. uh, we we developed with that Christian counselor, eight biblical steps to through the healing journey. And so we walked together through that journey, each experiencing it on our own. Um, And Mike actually currently has a book that we've written that goes with Surrendering the Secret called Healing a Father's Heart. So he takes those eight steps and it's so cute what he says in the book about a woman, I think speaks a hundred thousand words a day and a man, I mean, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. a woman and a man speaks five or something like that. So Mm -hmm. his, his little booklet for men is short and to the point of those eight steps. (laughs) Like, this is what you need to think about for each of these eight steps. But so God just took us through those eight steps over a course of a, a period of time. And just revealed all those truths and how many things that single lie. But of course, it's not just that single lie, right? There's the immorality that was involved in both Mm -hmm. of our parts and both of our past. um, Mm -hmm. Sure. So it, it, you know, the healing process just kind of goes, starts with something and kind of takes us on a deeper journey. Yes. Yes. So you ultimately, wrote the book, Surrendering the Secret, and it's actually a Bible study. Is that right. correct? Right. Well, yes. We have it in so you, lots of different formats. Um, we have the okay. Bible study. We have Surrendering the Secret is the Bible study, and then I have it in a chapter version called A Surrendered Life. Okay. Um, so gotcha. that's less of a study, you know, and then we have the men's book, um, Healing a Father's Heart. So we will make sure and put links to both of those in the uh, show notes. Now, let's say that this is a first time for someone, or maybe they've known that they need to deal with this in their life, but they haven't even known where to begin. What would you say is uh, some next steps? I mean, obviously the books uh, are some next steps for people. Where else would they turn to? to find the help that they need for this journey, Pat? Well, first of all, thank you for putting it on your podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. Because one of the tough frustrations about abortion and abortion recovery is that many pastors are afraid to hit this topic. Um, They're worried about the political implications um, or the accusations that might come, you know, through um, versus the, the, um, the grace message. And so, Pastors really struggle with this really often. Um, and then Christian counselors often, very often, uh, discount it in terms of how many couples have this between them. So mm-hmm. just bringing it up like this. I mean, the very way that I started my healing journey is exactly what we're doing today. That someone's mm-hmm. listening, trust you, who trust mm-hmm. your voice. And so that, that is a, very important part. Um, so the next thing is just to tell someone, 
to share a trusted, share your story with someone you trust. Um, like I told you, I'm working with someone now who is just shared with me. And it's just a God thing because she had been in the last few years just really stirring with this. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into her neighborhood. And so, <laughs> yeah. So we're on a walk. We're on a walk. She's taking me to lunch. She's introducing me to the community. And then I, she begins to ask me, you know, what's your ministry? What do you do? And then when I tell her, you know, she just gets this mm-hmm. panic look on her face like, oh, my gosh. So she knew that God had brought me into her story so that mm-hmm. she had somebody she trusted that she could tell. So I think just sharing your story with someone you trust mm-hmm. Um and preferably a Christian, a biblically based someone so that you're going yes. to get truth. Because if you share it with someone you trust who is pro-choice, they're just going to pat you on the head and say, you've done the right thing. You did what you could. You did what you needed to do. And often that's what women have been hearing, you know, throughout their past. But um, that's not what's going to heal their heart. That's not Right. So Mm -hmm. the thing is, is so that's what I'd say to your listeners is the very first thing, someone you trust. And of course, you're going to give our resources. So I'm, I'm someone and my Mm -hmm. organization, I have 3000 leaders trained to lead surrendering the secret. So Mm. um, we are a network across the world of, of women and couples who have walked through this and Mm -hmm. we're, we're there for people, but Ideally, someone you know, someone in your sphere of influence, someone that's in your uh, community. And then for working with that person, especially those listeners today, they are hearing of a great resource. Serenity the Secret, in my opinion, is the best resource. But there are others. So um, Mm -hmm. just looking for good resources for abortion recovery, faith-based, biblically-based abortion recovery resources and stepping into one of those is the, is the best way to go because it's so such a complicated healing process. Um, and it involves so many things like we were saying, morality and your past and your history and what your parents thought about abortion. And there's so much in there. So having, having a, um, a, a trained, uh, biblical counselor in this area is really special and helpful. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, where do people find Surrendering the Secret online? What would be the web address for that? It's surrenderingthesecret.com. Okay. Surrenderingthesecret.com. Very good. And it has um, our network of leaders. Uh, You know, it's just, there's a tab on there that says get help. Um, All of our resources are in our shop. So that's a great place to start to see what all we have to um, offer. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Pat, you know, just sharing your story is um, so very important. I think sharing all of our stories is important. Not right. everybody who has this story needs to be on a podcast sharing it, That's but God right. has certainly used you uh, to be able to reach a wide audience as you've shared your story. Um, you know, as we bring things to a close, would you pray for that? woman that's listening today, maybe a man that's listening today that needs to have a conversation, uh, needs to dig into this, needs to recognize that the dots connect back um, in some way to the struggles that they have inside their head and their heart. Would you pray for that person today that's listening? I'd love to. Lord, thank you so much for your word says that every day is ordained before it comes to be. 
So God, I just pray for that listener now, uh, that sister or brother who are listening to this podcast, God, that that they first of all know that they are loved, that you are there, that you are present, Mm -hmm. that you lead Mm -hmm. us into the place that we should go. God, that your desire is not to bring shame or or guilt or um, any of those harsh things, but rather your desire is to bring healing and heart heart uh, heart healing and restoration. Yes. God, yes. thank you that your word says that you see us where we are. So I just pray for my sister or brother right now, Lord, that as they hear the word abortion, and I know that a chill runs down their spine, that they may um, want to hang their heads or cry or run away, that they first of all feel completely loved and embraced, God, that you are uh, running after them with love and and uh, um, hope for healing. So, Lord, I pray that they would reach out to either this podcast through, through Jill or through Surrendering the Secret or a trusted pastor, a trusted friend that they could share their story, God, and get this healing journey started. You are with us. You are for us. You are good. You are provider. You are healer. And we just trust you with this divine opportunity, this divine moment of communication. And we love you, Lord. We know that you are always, always a good, good father. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free eBooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.